The Boiled Sports Basketball Beat is sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for a great selection of classic Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Martin Vintage. So did you go, did you eat someplace fancy today? No, we went to um, this place called Founding Farmers. Like, think, like, if you could have Thanksgiving dinner, like, any day of the year. Like, it's, like, fried chicken and mashed potatoes and... But it's great, and, and like, as a fat guy, I really appreciate this, because I got, like, the spicy fried chicken, mac and cheese, like, like bacon and um, green beans, and this is the fat guy part, as if the other parts weren't the best. Yeah, the other parts sound pretty good. It co- You know what it comes with? It comes with a fresh, homemade, glazed donut. It is. Sounds wonderful. My, Dude, that meal sounds amazing. Top it, double thumb. It, I can't like there's something about like eating like that hearty food and then finishing it off with like it's warm out it's warm like it's surprised you you're able to sit upright you're not just napping right now. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the 2019-2020 Purdue Basketball Beat. Joining me tonight is Doubt. How are you doing, Doubt? Doing great. How about you, sir? I'm doing really good. I'm I'm feeling, uh, I'm still feeling good from that Elite Eight run last year. And although the team looks a lot different, like I'm just like, I'm, I'm really excited for this season to get started. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. It's a, it's a, it's a different era, right? I mean, we're dealing with some some new exciting stuff and some unknowns and it's funny uh i've talked to you guys and i've talked to you know a lot of my friends who uh, aren't affiliated with the site about kind of the idea of recovering points or recovering you know things but carson's a tough one to recover from of course maybe harder than losing all the seniors the year before i think that's right and i think uh carson was the type of player that you need to really be successful in this like era of college basketball like the guy that you just give the ball to and he just scores yeah. and you don't just like unless you're a duke you don't turn the key and another one pops out the next year no and i i mean let's be real honest we we we've never seen a score like that at purdue that's that flammable right so got to kind of take it for what it was uh just something super super special and um but Matt Painter still Matt Painter, and uh, I think the team. I, I think it's gonna take them a little bit of time to yeah. to get it together, but when they do, I think they'll be pretty solid. You know, you brought up Matt Painter being Matt Painter, and I, that actually is a good lead into one of the things I wanted to talk about today, which is we've talked amongst you know the the five of us about how and I think we're generally in agreement about preseason polls kind of being garbage. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time, the gripe, which I think is a valid gripe, is that what are you basing this on? You haven't seen anything. These teams are like it's you're coasting on reputation. Right. And we've always I've always felt like and maybe this is my Purdue persecution complex, but I've always felt like Purdue kind of gets the short end of the stick with that because Purdue might have a very solid team returning. but They might not be ranked or as other teams that have like a higher rep tend to get ranked ahead of them and it, it kind of like fuss about it for a little bit. But I think this is the first year where that bias is still in place, but it actually benefits Purdue a little bit because despite losing Carson and having to turn over a lot of, of talent on offense, 
um, they're still a top 25 team. And I think that I would venture to guess, I feel fairly confident saying that that's based almost entirely on Matt Painter's reputation, which he really um, um, established, well, not established, but really solidified um, last year with the Elite Eight run. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt about it. We were talking about um, off the air the, what computers think about this team, right? The the fact that they're top 10 in two of them, and that is based on that's based on success last year, right? The rollover of that success and having a decent amu- uh, amount of players that are returning. Um, but on top of that, we all talked about this, you know, how much of a difference that one win made for us as fans, Matt Painter getting to the lead eight and really, you know, like Anish said, he really coached him to a final four. They just didn't get to make the trip. Yeah. So I think a lot of people saw Purdue turning a corner. And because of that, um, he may have entered an, the next level of coaches. I wouldn't say he's in, you know, that perception of the truly elite groups, uh, according to the media darlings, but man, they're up there now. Right. And he's up there and that's, that's pretty fun to be a part of. And the, uh, I mean, I, I don't think this year is a year that, and I'm not going to show too much of my hand right now, cause I'm sure we're going to get into season predictions and things like that. But the, but I, I just, I, you know, I, I don't think he needs to do that much this year. But in the next couple of years, he really does need to take a next step as a, to, to if he wants to be, you know, included in that list of elite coaches. I think, like to that point, um, I had felt a little stalled out in my assessment of Painter. Like, yeah. okay, I sort of felt like I had my arms around what he was as a coach, and didn't really see that that positive trajectory. Mm-hmm. And breaking through to the elite, eight, even though it's just one more game, you know, this isn't a national championship. It's just like that next level. It sort of has reset in many ways how I view what is possible for his career. Yeah. It yeah. makes me feel like, you know, within five years, maybe not this year, but, you know, with sufficient talent over the next five years, maybe a final four is more possible. And I say that in stronger terms than I would have a year ago. I think I think that it's it's kind of for me it's kind of easy to see the parts fitting together really really well in 2020 if this season is not a amazing season if the season is not a top shelf season to me that's when some of the good things happen harms comes back which is a big a big part of my successful equation yeah um, 2020 just looks kind of like it looks like one of those things where it should match up. It should line up pretty well. That recruiting class comes in, fulfills some needs, um, shores up some things. But this this freshman class that's now sophomores and then the guys that are freshmen right now, the, you have some guys that are difference makers right away. I just I just really like the way the the lineup and the personnel work. I think that's that's fair. Um, I think that when it comes to recruiting. You know, Purdue is not going to bring in, you know, a five star every year. Right. That's not really where Purdue's at. But what Purdue can do and what if they do this, Matt Painter can be successful is if they bring in consistent, solid, you know, high to mid tier four star talent like every year and just keep bringing in that level of talent is good enough for Matt Painter to do good things with that yeah the, the idea of a painter even bringing in a five-star right there, i mean we've we've seen it once and i and i'm just kind of you know i i don't i don't even see it as something that 
this program has to have, needs to have. It'd be be great if they did it, but um, yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's imperative. The way they develop three and four star talent, and the way he has done such a good job putting guys in the position to succeed, yeah. I, I think just keep chugging along and and getting solid guys and getting guys that are the right fit is the biggest thing. And that that has been a tremendous definer, right? When you talk to to people that root for other teams, specifically IU, I have a lot of friends that are IU fans, of course, since I'm here in Indianapolis and. Um, the logical ones are still having a hard time with the fact that Miller hasn't figured out what the identity of his teams need to be, right? And so they almost envy the fact that Purdue has that identity down. And um, I, I, I just don't see anything that shows me that that's slowing down right now. I mean, you look at the chemistry and the things that have worked for Painter, yeah. not having guys that are just, you know, you know, problems. Purdue has, has just great fits right now. It continues. If you look at the types of players that he's been getting lately, he's been getting versatile, smart, and shooters, right? Like those are the characteristics that he's going for rather than, you know, going after a guy based purely on potential. So who's you, let me ask you a question. In, in your opinion, and we've tossed this around a little bit off the air, yeah, but if you're gonna pick one shooter right now, who's your guy? Uh, that's that's kind of the go-to guy for for a big shot right now before the season. Currently on the team, yeah. You know, like I think the uh, I think the the first name that sort of comes to mind, I'm gonna set aside, and that's that's Sasha. I think everyone's sort of looking at him to do that, but I'm actually gonna go with Aaron Wheeler. Yeah. I was really happy with how he was shooting the ball in the last half of the season last year. Yeah. And you never know with this preseason practice stuff, like what's real and what's not. But it certainly sounds like that's become like a real repeatable weapon. I mean, he was like clutch money in the tournament last year. And, and he's a guy who, you know, with a shot can really be – a an impact, high impact player. Think about think about the advantage he has over Sasha, right? Because yeah. the the big advantage is that he can put the ball on the floor and then he can get around you and do something big above the rim, right? Yeah. Sasha doesn't finish that way, you know. So Sasha's got to really base it on doing a lot of work away from the ball, yeah. And and really kind of a Reggie Miller type formula where you before that before anything happens, start tons of motion, run your guy to death, get a good look, right? Yeah. Wheeler can create. And I think, you know, Wheeler is not going to be um, a Ryan Smith like anytime soon. But looking at his stats last year, he's shooting two to four shots a game or two to four threes a game. He's hitting, you know, two or three of them. He's doing that's that's not like a high volume shooter, but it's enough to, like you said, if he hits those and they know that he can hit those, it creates a little bit of space and then maybe or it creates a more not more space, but it creates more opportunities for him to use his exceptional athleticism to do things at the basket. Let me ask you two questions then, because I, I, I'm reading um, uh, some of the questions that are coming in through Twitter are very much related to what we're talking about already. Yeah. Um, and one of them says, who's the guy that's going to take the biggest leap? This is from uh, Board Luis. Uh, says who's the guy who's going to take the biggest leap on the team, um, and so is it automatically is, is Wheeler your answer, or do you have somebody else in mind? 
That is a that is an excellent question. We're excluding freshmen, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can't. I don't think we can. I don't think we have a, enough of a. When I say known commodity, I mean there are some guys that you know recruiting services tell you everything you need to know, but Purdue has some guys that I think we know are going to be solid. But yeah, you know, I don't. I think, okay, so I mean I think that's fair, and I think that it's either got to be Hunter or Wheeler, and I think it might be Hunter, just given like where he was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the other options were someone like Nogel um, and Travion Williams. I'm a little worried about Travion, not because of anything that we've seen from him so far, but just because there was like this this prototypical sophomore slump where a freshman sort of outperforms expectations and then becomes a little bit more of a known quantity and then has to find their way on the team. That's a risk that I think right. he's at risk for. And Nogel... Um, you know, I just, you got to see that shot in the game. Like, like practice, practice video is great and scrimmage video is great, but until he's reliably, um, a weapon with the jumper, like I can't say one way or the other, if he's going to take a step forward, because that's what he's going to need in order to take that step forward. So I I, I, I'm, I'm super skeptical of Eastern's jump shot still. I mean, I, I don't know how he can't be, you know, it's. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible for a guy to make a jump. The best jump I ever remember in my memory of Purdue basketball was Conzo Martin made an incredible jump. Yeah. I mean, I'm going way, way back. And um, there's another big jump early in Painter's career. Keaton Grant made a made a huge jump, right? Yeah, he did. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think I think the, the ability to to shoot coming into it. With some guys, it can happen. I think Eric Hunter, I think I'm more likely to see a jump in his ability to shoot threes and knock them down than we are Eastern. I just am. I, Eastern has, I mean, obviously, left-handers generally look different for me. You know, I, 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 off the top of my head, I can't think of a lot of sweet-looking left-handed jumpers, right? Right. But Eastern's has especially been troublesome at times, right? I mean, we, we're just like, whoa, we're going for a ride when he squares up. And um, it's a, he's, he's such a great rebounder. He's great at taking the ball to the hole. Um, obviously, his defense is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that jump shooting ability, I, I'm more than skeptical of him, his ability to make that big jump during a game. Uh, so how about this question? This is, and this is related. Uh, this is uh, Huba60, Troy. He says, will Aaron Wheeler be a first-round NBA draft pick or slip to the second round? <laughs> Um, that's, no. that's, this is the guy that you've had your eye on, right? Since Yeah. Oh, I'm a huge, I mean, Aaron Wheeler is like, I, I have a type. Like yes. you guys know that I have a type. Oh yeah. And Aaron Wheeler is that type. Uh, but I think, uh, it's hard. It's hard to be a first round pick in second round draft picks are a total crapshoot. And Wheeler's not there yet. He's not on anyone's big board right now. No. No. So to so I don't know if that was a question that was sort of like tongue in cheek, but you know let's you know let's not if this if that's like a real question I like think that was totally tongue in cheek, but I I, I I love the fact that it was asked and I love the fact that you took it seriously because that says a lot about your outlook about wheel. So, I just love that type of player so much. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the the long athletic guy that can shoot. I mean that, that's pretty. It's really you know I I said you know I thought Kendall Stevens would be the this guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he just never, he never became even what Wheeler showed first year. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so uh, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with liking that type of player because their future is obviously great. Um, well, with my, my previous loves have been the likes of Basil Smotherman, Jacob Lawson, Kelsey Barlow. I mean, like, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, Barlow. I mean, yeah. I don't have I a ton him. of – I don't have a great history picking them. You know what I mean? I think you're. I think you're already in better position than than you were with some of those. So that's yeah. But Barlow, that dunk against that missed dunk against uh, Indiana State, that dunk over Jared Selinger, like uh, we'll always have that. We'll always. Crazy. Have that. He was so high, like he was kind of boosted there, wasn't he? I mean, I don't give. I don't care. It doesn't matter, right? It, it was, doesn't matter. It looks superhuman. Yes, that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, but I think uh, like Aaron Wheeler has. Aaron Wheeler has that athleticism. Newman's got great physical stats in terms of like length and athleticism. Not so much the size, you know. So, yeah. although well, I mean, he's so let, me, let, me, let, me bring, let me bring up a guy that I, that we haven't talked about at all. Who um, I'm still waiting on. Uh, I want to see. I, I would love to see Boudreaux do something. And the reason I want to see Boudreaux do something is I just think that type of player is a Purdue thing, right? A guy who pisses everybody off when they just watch him play, who's scrappy and grinds. You, do you see any chance at all of Boudreaux making a jump this this season? Any chance? No, I don't either. And I, I, wish and I, I, did. I, I wish I did. I wish I did. I do too, but I mean, I, I love like the idea of Evan Boudreaux. Like, I love his hair. Right. What's left of it? I love like his style. Like it's like you said, it's he's a guy that you know will just irritate other fan bases. But he seeing him score irritates other fan bases. Right? Oh yeah. Like, that, just seeing him do anything, it's like ah, this freaking guy. But the the thing about him is he came in with experience, with two years of experience in pro- production, and he looked so lost last yeah. year. And I know there was, like, injury things maybe, and there were some, you know, adjustments and stuff, but he looked – he did not look like he was he, – he could easily fit into that team. I completely agree. I, he, he did not look like um... – he looked like a guy that made a huge leap in in competition, right? Yeah. Like that's that's too bad. I, I mean, that's the interesting thing about Proctor. Is, yeah. Are we going to see that? Is he going to be kind of overwhelmed by the defensive prowess of these guys and the physicality of the league, the things they let go on? It seems like Big Ten play is always nasty and physical, and uh, I don't think this would be any exception this year. So that'll be a little bit of a difference. Um, interesting career he's had, by the way. Yeah. Like went to Iona, played a year, sat out a year, went to High Point for two years. And those are two programs that are they always those are the type of programs that Purdue hates to play. Yeah. I mean, like honestly, I mean, I think Purdue has been was Purdue beaten by Iona about a decade ago? And well, three, they played Iona in the tournament several yeah. years ago and beat them. Yeah. But I always have like a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because like Iona fans were like dicks to me on twitter and the thing about that really? is like, like why yeah why, like what why are you talking crap to me like i, I don't you know, there are circumstances where i will seek out confrontation on twitter. that's the thing they don't know but you like come on like what are you doing? Come on. you're iona like that's yeah. great and i'm glad you had a great season 
But like, who's gonna get in like a Twitter fight with the, you know, I don't know. I've thought that was really. You have nothing. You have nothing to gain in that situation. <laughs> you really don't. Uh, is it Iona the gals? By the way, the the gales, yeah, the gals. Was, I believe they are the gales. Yeah. I always say gals whenever I see because there are two gals in the. Uh, isn't uh, is Saint, Saint Mary's? Yep, yep. They're also the gals. So. Don't yeah, say, they are the, the, you can condescend that way. Just pretend like you don't know what you're saying. Like, I'm pretty sure it's the gals. So. Just, man. How yeah, about this? So we got, a, we got a good question by Blue Ridge Boiler here, and he, he says, which freshman will have the best year? And you were kind of itching with that a little bit ago. Is there um, – do you have a – he says he'll go with Newman. What's your call? Oh, man, I don't know. Like I think – man, I, this freshman class I think is really talented, but I – it's hard, and it's and it's hard to tell. Um, Mason's obviously coming off a little bit of an injury. Newman, you hear mixed things about him from like practice and scrimmage and I'll stuff. I tell you what I like about him. It's a weird thing. He looks like a freaking basketball player. I see like stills of practice. And I'm like, yeah. dude, that guy right now looks like a bat. So does so is Gillis, but he just he, he looks like a basketball player. Um, yeah. It's. I think. I think all these guys are going to have to grow into their role a little bit. But it sounds like Thompson is kind of an instant impact guy to me, based on the tea leaves I'm reading. Yeah. A lot of guys are mentioning him in practice. That's always a good thing. And he's been around the program, and his brother's probably planting a lot of ideas in his ear, right? Yep. I think those are all positives. I, I would go with Thompson probably um, if I had to make a pick right now. Um, it's a tough call. call. Yeah, it's a tough call. Um, I think the problem with both Newman and Thompson, although probably more with Thompson than Newman because you can move him around a little bit more, is Thompson's going to be competing with Nogel, Eric Hunter, Jaheed Proctor, like he in Sasha for minutes. Right? Yeah. At a certain point, it's a numbers game. Yeah. And, you know, if they're not like a microwave guy, then Painter is not the type to – throw them out there and let them figure it out no no it, right he gives them initially what it seems he'll, he'll it's what it i haven't heard this corroborated exactly but what it seems he says is he gives you a parameter work in you have certain color light that you have a green a yellow a red right that you can shoot you can't shoot if you break that light rule he pulls you pretty quickly gives you a chance to get your head right get you back in there or if you do it again and again, he's like, yeah, you're not going to go in for a while. We gotta, you got to prove something to me in practice. Yeah. But he definitely has a shorter leash with those guys. Think about with Carson, what he did freshman year, right? He'd pull him and he'd say, okay, I'm not going to see you for half a game. Right. I'm going to put you on the bench, and I'm not going to look at you as you walk past me. Right, exactly. And I'm going to have one of my assistants like rub your shoulders. Relay, exactly. Relay messages down yeah. to you. Yeah. Head to me for a little bit. I, I, yeah. Who's the but who's the green light guy on this team? Wow, I, I think it's uh, I think it's Sasha. Um, I just think like, I mean, I think he shot over forty percent last year. I'm almost positive he did. Um, I think Wheeler's a green light green light guy too. Um, past that, percent. There you go, there you go. And I think I think uh, Wheeler was just under. I think he was thirty eight, thirty nine percent. And then um, you know the guy that I would like to see develop the three more than anybody. Harms, sure. I think it, I think it would just create havoc. And he's a guy who wants to shoot. He likes to shoot, obviously. Right. So maybe we can sneakily see Harms creep into that, 
you know, just a threat for one or two a game, that'd be fantastic. I think Purdue can win as a volume three team. Mm-hmm. The question is going to be, you know, if the threes aren't hitting, you know, what does this team do to win? And that is when you look at guys like Nogel and Wheeler to get to the basket, guys like Travion to finish at the basket. So, I mean, this team has some tools, but I think the thing that's con- not, maybe not concerning isn't the right word, but maybe something to keep an eye on is we're projecting with each of these guys. We're saying if Nogel can shoot, if Matt Harms can be more consistent, if Eric Hunter can be more consistent, if Aaron Wheeler can continue to shoot. Like, right. like there's a lot right. of ifs with this team. A lot there's of variables. A lot of variables. Certain yeah. Things. Um, I've got a really, uh, I, I got a really good question, and then we're going to springboard into something a little more forward-looking, if that's okay with you. Um, but I think you'll like this question, um, and I think I'm glad I'm not here asking Anish this question because his answer probably wouldn't make any sense to me, and I'd have to get on the interwebs and look it up. Yeah. But Andy Moshberger, our old pal, asked the question: Who would you like to see Purdue use as a musical guest to open the season? A la Snoop Dogg at Kansas, because it's a fresh. That's a fresh one right there. Uh, what do you think? I, I, I mean, they could just call Snoop and you know have him just come over to Purdue. That'd be a good one. I think the Purdue, the Purdue culture would love that. Yeah, yeah. I think he would fit like right in. A great fit. Yeah, yeah. What? So what was it? Snoop. What, what was it? Dirk. What was the what was the thing that they did um, several years ago where they had? Oh, uh, was that when? Um, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the players uh, dressed up in like a blonde, up like a country like singer, a yeah. something or another. I forget which player it was. It was Bird. Oh, you're right. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Which is very like that whole thing, this whole like build up, and then that being the thing. That's a very Purdue. That's very. Yeah, awesome. the funny thing is Purdue has a guy on the team right now who could tear the roof off with his voice. Travion Williams sings like an angel. We've been talking about it. I was watching a video of him singing a duet right before I got on here on Instagram. He can sing like legit. He can sing. Um, so I, I'm going to say I would like to see them try it again this time with Travion Williams. I think it would be much more successful. And yeah. I think that would work for Purdue. They're not going to have any, oh, clutch my pearls type reaction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you give, me, how about, give me give me a – I want a country or a rock act that you'd like to see open it up for Purdue basketball. It has to be like country or – it can't be country. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you options. Country, I want to see country. I want to see some white music is what I'm saying so, because let's be real honest. Man, I, I honestly, I, I it, it's gotta be it's gonna be too squeaky clean if we go towards rap and hip hop because of the filters that Purdue right. demand. So it can be it can be Southern fried rock. I mean, I think there's there's actually a, there's a wide. I mean, it can be rock. It can be real rock. Um, they have to be alive. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know who they should pick really, to be honest. But I think, like. Country is a little too much for me, but if you're doing rock, I think you could say you embrace the 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 regionishness, the regionness of Purdue, and head up more towards Chicago and pick like a 
Chicago band to come down a little bit. All right, all right. I mean, like country would be a very like Indiana thing to do, right? Like pick like Dirks Bentley or whatever to come out. Right. I mean, that's too easy, right? That's the only country music artist that I know, by the way. Luke Bryan. I mean, yeah, yeah, those that those are pretty big bands. I would take a lot of money to get them there too. So money. Let's 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 move on to to the um to the longer view um uh. I can't. His his name is uh, Boxer Cr, um, and I don't know his real name. But we've been we've been connected on Twitter for a long time. Easy question. It's gonna it's gonna lead to big things. Over under twenty two wins. What do you got? I'm gonna go under, but not by much. I think they're in the twenty to twenty one range. Yeah. See, I I don't. You know, I mean, I talk about it all the time with you guys. I don't gamble, and I really didn't know the answer to this question the other day. So if you hit on the over and under, so it's twenty two wins. I said. Uh, do you lose your money in the house wins? They're like, no, you get your money back. My, my friend told me it's a push. Right? Yeah, it's push. And I don't even say I don't. I didn't know that. I would say I would put if I were betting money, I would say 22 wins is probably exactly where I'd be. I don't. I don't think I could go over 22 wins right now confidently. I think there's a. It's hard to get to 22 wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, or 23. I mean, any of those. Like at a certain point. You have to limit mistakes. I and and we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I'll like reiterate. To me, this team seems primed for a mid-season swoon, where they lose some dumb games, and it's hard to lose some dumb games and get in that twenty-two plus range. I think. Right. Right. Um, there's a question. I got to dig this thing up here, um, but it's it's a very it's a very good question. I'm going to find out who asked it here in a second. As you think of it, it's I think it's a sharp question. And make you think about the entire layout of the season. Um, question is, what are the three wins you want more than any oh, on the whole yeah. schedule? Um, and I cheated ahead right when I I, I read this question. Um, and I can tell you my three. If you say they can't be, well, let's let's not do that. I don't want to limit you. If it's two of the same team, that's okay. Sure. But it's just three wins. You got to choose which three wins you want. And I'm going to find out who asked it, so I can give them credit here in a second. But if you want to start thinking out loud, you can. But um, you know, I'd love, like, what was missing from last year, right? A marquee non-conference win. Mm-hmm. And and so there are opportunities for non-conference wins are that are, like, actually, like, good teams are Butler, Virginia, VCU, and Texas. Right. Yep. So yep. getting two of those, I think, I don't care which ones. I don't care if it's VCU and Butler mm-hmm. or, you know. I, getting two of those would be nice. That yeah. Would be um so let's let's go so two of those give me give me uh how about this i'm going to nail you down a little bit you have to give me one in that group and then you've got to give me one in conference right now all right so the one in that group i think um i think vcu because i mean it would be great to beat virginia but virginia is going to be really hard to beat and vcu is going to be one of those teams they're already ranked they're probably going to do very well in their conference that that's the type of win that's both doable, not, I mean, it's not a token win. Like that's going to, that's a hard team that could definitely beat Purdue, but um, it's something that will look, I think, pretty good at the end of the year. So I'll say VCU. And then in conference, you know, I've talked about this with you guys before. <clears throat> the rivalry with IU, especially since I've like moved away from the state of Indiana, it doesn't quite mean the same as it like used to. Like I don't have like, that degree of like sports hate against IU. I think that there are 
there's good people in the athletic department. Like, I think Archie's kind of weird, but he's like, he's, I don't know. He's fine. Right. I get, I get what you're saying. We, 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 we talked about a similar idea on the handsome hour earlier yeah. today. So I, I tend to agree, but I think beating IU at assembly hall yeah, will yeah. always until, until like I'm dead will always be like one of the great joys in life. Yeah. I, and I, I agree with that too. I mean, like, for me, my three wins would probably be just because it would make life easier. Uh, I'll say if I if I can't choose IU twice, the, 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 being in Indiana, it's just so much different than where you are, right? You, you I, I don't want to have to hear them. And, and just keeping them quiet, we can get that number up to, what, 1,500 days since they've, yeah. they've beaten uh, Purdue in basketball or something like that yeah. if they win both. Um, but I'll say IU uh, – IU there, obviously, it's, it's so fun to, to have them uh, lose at Assembly Hall. And then I'm going to probably say Virginia and Butler. I mean, um, Butler, same reason. I just – because the IU fans will glom onto that. So yeah. if you can keep winning in, in the uh, in the Indianapolis event too, I mean, dag nab, to do it two years – or would it be two years or two out of three years, right? right. So – that's not so bad. The person who asked that question, by the way, was Kevin Spry. I appreciate oh, that. Good question. Very good question. Good question. Good dude. Yep. Yep. Um, so overall, uh, so you say 21 wins. Am I, am I correct about that? Say that's fair. Okay. And uh, who's the team you think is going to be – everybody's going to try to beat? Are you, you going to go eat real easy on this one? Are you going to actually say something you know, challenging? You're gonna... uh, so the easy one is Michigan State. Of course course the, the second easy one is maryland which is getting like a decent amount of love this mm-hmm. this preseason yeah. i i don't i you look at the big 10 and it's kind of like uh, it's hard to like those two teams will probably be pretty good um and then i know ohio state's ranked purdue's ranked is ohio state ranked i mean I don't. I haven't paid attention to their recruiting that much. Every year they get high-ranking kids. Every year, yeah. and it seems like and, and everybody's in love with their uh, power forward center, who I've never been all that impressed with. Uh, one of the brothers, I can't remember his name. Um, his brother was on the team last year. Dagnabbit. Uh, I'm just. I'm. I'm not super impressed with him. Um, he was pre-conference on a lot of a lot of teams. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of media outlets uh, pre-conference. Uh, lineup, I just, I'm not impressed with him. Yeah. And when Purdue plays him, they tend to do really well. I mean, Travion Williams will guard him, I think, well. And then Harms will be there to clean clean up the mess. So, you know, I, but Ohio State, are they kind of due? Is Wisconsin due? I don't know. Um, I, I, I kind of believe that we've seen the last of Wisconsin being a consistent mother up at the top of the conference. Yeah. Uh, I sure hope so, because I disdain their fan base so that that'd be great um but um seems like iowa's you know kind of the entire program's cooled a bit and maryland i'm not a believer um i'm still not a believer in in maryland but um even Cowan jr that's another guy that everybody says you know is going to be he's going to contest for for player of the year in the conference i'm like yeah i don't i Kellen Jr. is not my dude. I just, I, you know, I've seen him, I've seen him look stupid too many times at the hands of Purdue yeah. to really believe in him. If that makes any sense. No, but, and yeah. and Maryland is in many ways like a um, an East Coast Ohio State in the types of guys that they're able to recruit. Yeah. And having like lived out there for a period of time, 
the DC metro area is just like a hotbed of talents. Yeah. And Maryland, Maryland can pull a couple of those guys. Yep. So they're always going to have the talent. What they haven't had is the consistency in like just executing. Maybe yeah. that's a coaching thing. Maybe that's a play. I think it is definitely a coaching thing. Um, yeah, I think they desperately need to get over the hump, and I don't think they're going to do it this year. So I, I, I don't know. Nothing about the Big Ten really excites me. It's hard to take Michigan State at number one seriously, not because I don't think they're a good team, not because I don't think Izzo's a coach because they are a good team and Izzo is a good coach, but like this, like the classic Michigan State season would be ranked number one, lose a game or two early, and then just sort of like drop back and then creep back up through the course of the season. It's, yeah, it's so, almost like I can write this script. Right, right. And, and there, we got this question. I'll see if I can find this too. Um, the question was, in what way will Michigan State embarrass themselves and fall off this year? Um, I don't ever think of Michigan State as embarrassing. Maybe maybe I misread the question. But the idea of them kind of falling apart and falling out of graces of the media, like you said, that's what they do, right? It's what they do every year. Um, and then they scratch and claw, and it's it's heroic, and it's coming out of nowhere, and oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it, it's the same crap over and over and over. Um, but uh, I, I love seeing Izzo lose a lot. Sure. Um, sure. It's great to see their fans lose too, so. And, and, I mean, this is a reminder that um, their athletic department should not exist. Right. Exactly. We'll uh, but, our bi-weekly yeah. reminder, if we get the handsome hour and the the yeah. uh, basketball beat going, we can just say that every show, just remind people that it shouldn't be there. Yes. That, for some reason, people um, forget all sense of morality as soon as, like, sports are involved. Yeah. It, it should matter. That should matter to people. Uh, it really should. And a bunch of crap bunch of garbage um how about this question this is this is a really it's a question that you, and i don't know I, I i've never really talked to you about this one um we had uh and i'll find who, who asked this question but do you think there's a chance to see a oh is uh boiler uniforms asked this question expert in this is there a chance of a new throwback this year i'm gonna say no i don't see any reason there would be a new throwback this year um yeah. i've seen any hints at that i haven't they did a pretty good job keeping quiet the uh the mid '90s, early '90s uh, uniform a couple years ago, but they've they've worn that and kind of ridden it, and yeah. doesn't seem like that's gonna be back. Um, if you think of the the great teams, like um, I don't know if '69 you know, was a great team. I think that team was a great team. So maybe it'd be cool if you could see a 1969 based uniform come back, just because that'd be a, yeah. uh, I mean. That'd be interesting. You don't see many throwbacks back into the '60s, but uh, if I were gonna guess, that's where I'd go. Or maybe, maybe uh, the 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 three amigos all gold uh, 1989 yeah. or '88 jerseys right in there. That'd be cool. So you know, I'm not like much of a uniform guy, but yeah. with basketball, I like the retro. I don't like. Um, I can't keep track of what they've done and what they haven't done, but I do like the retro throwback basketball uniforms a lot more than football, mostly because I think. With football, it just reminds me of how awful like Purdue football has been, like generally speaking, throughout its history. So it's like, oh yeah, that's the uniform they wore when they won, uh, yeah, three games that year. Well, that's the um, whole thing. 
I think about it. I think about it. I'm really good at picking the spots, but you got to go with, like I would say, Everett's uniform, Everett uh, Woodson era. That's a good one to th- do a throwback. Of course, the 60s is a good one to throw. Early 80s you could do, but they're close to the Everett ones. But the Everett uniforms, the throwback to the broad stripe on the side of the pants, those ridiculous gold black stripe, you know, that'd be yeah. hilarious because nobody's thrown back like that. They, they're they're so bad they're good, I would think, at this point. But, yeah. I just – I miss the giant – shoulder pads yes if you're gonna go with the retro uniform yeah you should go with retro equipment as well like really accentuate that v taper you yes. know what i mean that's a good idea and if you're gonna go a 1969 basketball uniform these shorts have to be absolute nut huggers i think that's the, the right thing to do i think that's totally fair and i think you should just keep going back further and further until they're like in tidy whities wife beaters, and wireframe glasses. Yep, and uh, and they're playing in uh, Chuck Taylors or similar vulcanized footwear. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so like the John Wooden jersey was bought by a Drew Brees, right? Yeah, yep. And I had to laugh when I saw thousand dollars, right? What's that? Three hundred thousand dollar purchase. Yeah, something right? crazy, right? But it's so small, like. Oh, it's really like he was a he was a star college basketball player and like just this tiny little guy. Yeah. It yeah. just shows like how much the game has changed. I mean, obviously that's that's not saying anything like that we don't yeah. know, but well that, I mean that's the, these guys are, are big, big dudes and uh I, I bought a pair of shorts that were worn by Melvin McCants at one point. Melvin McCants was a power forward yeah. in the late 80s early 90s i think yeah yeah yeah. and they were gold and they were super short they were short on me in college Uh, and i bought them at an athletic department sale and i would wear them to the co-rec and people are like dude those are too short to wear and this is back when shorts were way too long you know in the mid 90s and um but yeah fashion's a funny thing and the way jerseys and uniforms are cut are a funny thing but the short shorts are, are slowly i mean we've seen all the proof of it they're coming back and you'll be happy because you wear those in your daily life so you know what i love a short short yeah the reason why is like when you're on the beefy side you tend to have stronger legs yeah yeah i carry like lots my fat in my midsection and my legs are like nice and toned nice just gotta, nice. You gotta show off the clock. new shorts then next time i see you i'll, I'll wear them very very good very good um here's uh that boiler in france asked a, qu- a quick question uh, <laughs> the two towers lineup, Harms and uh, Travion, is bad, and people who like it should feel bad. So, <laughs> um, I don't like hate it, but I don't love it. Like it's it'll be there, you know. I don't like it. I don't have the romantic idea of that lineup as much as I did the Harms and um and Haas, right? Because twin massive seven footers is like it's funny and it's cute, it's kitschy, right? Right. Just two big dudes, you know, it's not as much. And Purdue is thinner in in the <laughs> – they're much thinner yeah. uh, with the big men this year. So I don't think you can really afford getting both those guys into foul trouble, especially early in the game. So, yeah, I, this year I'm going to kind of say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good with it. And they say that every time they experiment with it, it goes horribly. So it's you know, So uh, you have any anything else you wanted to hit on? Anything else, any other ideas that we've missed so far? The um, I I mean I think we've hit most of it. I guess what well, we could end on just general, and we've touched on this, but general feeling toward this season. I, I mean we're feeling feeling pretty good, feeling pretty optimistic for you know let's say the next three years of Purdue basketball. 
I, I, I feel real optimistic for the program. How about that? Okay. And I think this year is a bit of a bridge year. Um, it's, I've been pointing at 2020 uh, for a long time. I just think it's going to be especially for Purdue football and basketball, but specifically football. I just love the way things line up, and I yeah. love that uh, incoming class. Even if they aren't able to nail down the seven footer, which they've been desperately seeking and struck out twice or three times on already, I don't really care because I like the guys that are coming in, even with that group. And I think if they don't get one of the um, young guys, young seven footers. I think they'll probably go get, you know, a JUCO or somebody. Maybe get a one year, you know, performance yeah. to transfer. So I'm not super worried about it. I just like the team a lot more. Yes, uh, next year with a, just a little bit more, <laughs> little bit more experience. I think I'm very positive, and my what makes me happy with sports has changed quite a bit. Like I've really really tightened the sports that I watch. Like I don't, I, I've never been like a baseball fan, but I'll usually watch like a game or two of the world yep. series. I, I catch NBA games like here and there. I haven't watched an NFL game in three years, maybe. Uh, although I think I saw a part of a playoff game last year. Um, so I don't wa- consume as much sports as possible, but I still, my Purdue sports viewing habits haven't changed. My definition of success or what makes me happy is, is more like long view. Does this program look like it's healthy? Is yeah. am I like uh, that makes a lot of sense. Makes have of they sense. avoided embarrassing me? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. is, is this like no Kelvin Sampson situations, please? Yeah. And yeah. are they like? Is it reasonable to be excited about you know doing something? If they, I, I Purdue will never win a national championship in football. And like I just, I just know that's true. Right. And but I don't need them to do that. I don't even need them to go to the playoffs to be successful for me to be happy. I don't even need them to win the conference for me to be happy. I right. just like seeing exciting Purdue football. Yep. I like seeing exciting Purdue basketball. And as mm-hmm. tough as that Virginia loss was last year, I I had so much fun watching that team, watching that game, even like I'm happy. And and if they can continue to just like like if football can continue to tease me with the potential for an eight-win season, right. season aside, um, if the basketball team can tease me with the potential to like make a Final Four, to make an Elite Eight, to be like like the one A sto- uh, um, story on Sports Center, if I ever watch that show again, like right. then that's what I need to be happy. And I think that both the football team and the basketball team are on that trajectory. To say nothing of the other Purdue sports programs that are also doing really well. So I am, I have an abundance of optimism. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good way to look at it. And, uh, Anish tends to always, he always tries to tweak me and poke me and see how far, like how much, what's the level of success Purdue would have to, to, to achieve for me to be okay with them skirting the rules. I think that's kind of the thing he's always trying to get out of me. Right. Cause right. He, well, he kind of got it out of me last that You never like, fall into that trap and you're just like completely you never you're well never, he said he asked me 15 wins would, would i would i be okay with the death penalty at 15 wins I said, <laughs> yeah. yes. because i was like 15 wins now you're dealing with a national title where just yeah. every week for seven or eight weeks purdue is the story that is that's heaven for me right i, I literally feel blessed just to wake up to, oh my gosh 
Purdue's on TV again. Purdue, they're interviewing and you know they're interviewing everybody, right? Every week there's a new, right. you know, Purdue guy they're focusing on. That that's, but I don't want any of that, honestly. I really don't want it. Just like you, sounds like you and I see very much eye to eye. I don't want any of that crap. And if I can be, um, if if they can be really competitive, if they can, you know, uh, win, let's say, I don't know. Let's say it's uh, one out of, uh, you know, half of the big games they play in, in basketball. So half the time when you play a top 10 to 15 team, you're going to beat them. Yeah. I'm going to be pretty happy, right? Because I'm going to come in, okay, you guys are com- going to compete. And if you don't if you don't win next game, you're going to get another shot at somebody. There's great opportunity. I always say that. College basketball is like nothing else because there's opportunity, especially late in the season, to prove yourself over and over and over in the Big Ten. And it'll be that way again this year. I mean, teams like Nebraska will rise, right? So then there's going to be opportunity against those type of programs to say, okay, this is a quality win. I think Nebraska in the next year will be ranked, and that's another chance. I just love that idea, the chance to beat a ranked foe on a big stage. That's fun. And then if you can do it, we, we saw last year how much fun it was in the tournament. To beat Tennessee was fantastic. To really beat Virginia without officially beating Virginia was, you know, it blew our minds, right? It was so fun. So I'm was, that was a fun game. It was a fun experience, and it's a high that we're a high that we're still writing. Yeah, like yeah. I still smile when I think about it, even though that loss was gut wrenching. Right, watching like Klein and Carson just lose their friggin' minds. So if a team can provide, I mean, and maybe that's the peak of the mountain in terms of excitement. Like it's hard to imagine being more excited than that. But if they can be seventy-five to eighty percent of that. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, well thanks for listening to the Purdue basketball beat. It's It's been great. Thanks for thanks for asking me on, Michael. Appreciate it. Glad uh, yeah, next time you tune in, everybody, you're going to get the A team, though. So that's the good news for you guys. Oh, sure. No, we're, we're excited for the boiled sports boost. <laughs>